Hello, Nomads, and welcome to episode 94 of the Nomads of Fantasy. My name is Brandon. I am your host, and I'm also here with two, I don't know, what are you guys, astronauts? We're in outer space, I think, traveling the stars. I have Dave with me. I am a meat popsicle. (laughs) You are a meat popsicle. (laughs) Delivery. (laughs) And also Eric. Aziz, light! (laughs) (laughs) I got a real kick out of that guy. Yeah, that was good. Uh, These are quotes from The Fifth Element. Kind of a random pick, but when Dave threw it out there, it actually is a pretty awesome pick. Um, We know we we learned recently about Bruce Willis' health issues, and I think Mm -hmm. he's hanging it up from acting, which is a damn shame. Movies like this yep. remind you how charming this guy can be. So, I don't know. I a lot of us. I think a lot of people like Bruce Willis as an actor. And yeah, sure. How can you not? Yeah. And this some is classics. A, yeah, this is a certainly an oddity among, I guess, movies in general. It's yeah. a strange one. So. Yep, lightning in the bottle kind of thing. Um, yeah. But anyway, so we wanted to uh, dedicate this just to to the work and legacy of Bruce Willis's career and um yeah, it's a shame uh that he's he's dealing with what he has and uh hoping the best but on the bright side we did ask people what they thought of this uh out there on twitter so eric if you wanted to go through i put two tweets out got some feedback sure. yeah i'll go through some of those um if you want to follow us on twitter that's at nomads of fantasy just ask people if they've seen it, what they thought of it. Uh, our good buddy Jake Iveson said, it's been a long time, but I remember thinking how about how crazy Bruce Willis's apartment was. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty cool. Yeah. yeah just all like, it's like a little futuristic uh, technology and stuff. It's like futuristic uh, tiny house. Yeah. It's a right. tiny apartment. I'm currently still playing through cyberpunk because, you know, uh, what we're, we're doing for like next episode, but like, playing that game and then watching this movie just kind of, I don't know. saw some parallels. There's yeah, there's definitely some of that cyberpunk aesthetic here. Um, Rick said still one of my favorite movies ever. Oh, kilted one says, love this movie. So original for the time games. My mom found says I have very little memory of it. I just remember thinking it was dumb, but I haven't (laughs) seen it in many, many years. I just remember thinking Uh, it was dumb. (laughs) Mike, Mike. Yep. (laughs) Our buddy Mike from Games My Mom Found, which is funny because he asked about being a guest on this episode. So I'm curious if maybe he just wanted to watch it again because he hadn't seen it in so yeah, long. Yeah, oh. should. Well, his podcast, I think, has it lined up to be watching it. So I'll be curious okay. to see what they say over on that side. Yeah, <laughs> yeah definitely. I'll have to listen to that one. Uh, Geek Freaks podcast says, that was a fun one-off, the kind of movie that does not need a sequel, but will likely get one when an exec is out of ideas. Yeah, I can see I'm that. I'm surprised happening. it never caught anything else. There is a rumor yeah. on really? our on our other posts on Twitter. Uh, there was a, an article posted that the Fifth Element Two is in development. It's kind of Shoot. just rumor speculation, but I would imagine I it would be it like too. a. I would imagine it'd be like a you know a Blade Runner situation, like legacy sequel type deal. Yeah. Uh. But so I don't know the problem is the problem, and it's it's kind of a sad reality. But with Bruce Willis not acting anymore, um, Gary Oldman, I believe, is also hanging up the reins after like 
some TV show that he's doing. Ian Holm passed away. We, he was um, he was the robot cyborg guy from Alien. Alien. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, Ian, Chris Tucker and Mila Jovovich are still acting. I think they're doing something together. I think that's why people are expecting them to maybe continue that relationship or whatever. But Luke Perry cool. unfortunately passed yeah. away. Wow. So yeah. there's a couple other guys that I noticed that have also come and passed away in this movie. So like I think that ship has sa- un- unfortunately sailed. But yeah, I don't know what they would do with the Chronicles sequel. of Lilu, the sixth element. <sighs> Just have Chris Could. Tucker and Lilo. I mean, it, it would be around the whole movie. It would have be to be pretty fucking hilarious. It would have to be Lilo's like kid or something, and then they're like the you know the next generation of elements. I don't know. Mm. It, it would be weird. Sounds bad. Uh, I don't think we need that. Uh, no. Continuing on our socials, uh, Whiskey Hell Podcast says great flick. Matt Bradley Tshigri says imaginative and full of wonder. And bright colors. It's kind of like Dune's smarmy cousin. Huh. Yeah, it's interesting. It's an, yeah, it's an interesting comparison. Yeah. But yeah, I dig it. Uh, cinnamon medicine, cinema, cinnamon medicine, cinema medicine <laughs> podcast <laughs> says the fact idea. that Bassan wanted to do Valerian did this great movie instead. Then later did an awful Valerian movie is just insane. <laughs> Never seen Valerian. I no, did. I... It was so it has. A, I, from what I remember, it has this, a really cool, really cool opening scene where it's I like Starman from Bowie. I think this is the movie, and they're playing the song, and it shows the from the first time humans meet the first alien, mm-hmm. and then they kind of just start meeting a whole bunch of aliens over the over the years. So huh. it's just like humans just be, it's kind of like, it felt like Mass Effect a little bit. It was just like, oh, this looks really cool. It's interesting concept, and then the, yeah. And then you meet the two main leads, this guy and girl, and uh, our man and woman or whatever, and oh, the worst acting. The, the yeah, I'm picks. looking at them now. They look familiar, but they don't look like leading rollers. I don't know. Dane Hedan and Kara Delevingne. The acting is so stiff and lousy. Um, I turned it off after probably 10 minutes of seeing them leading this movie. I'm like, I can't, I can't do this. Can't do it. <laughs> I rarely leave a movie that fast, but it was that yeah. bad, unfortunately. 15, yeah, 15 minutes. I usually give it a little longer than that. Um, How dare you? <laughs> Cinema Recall says, I know it's a movie I bought two copies of. I love it and rewatch it at times. And then Mere Boring Ordinary says, Multipass. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Multi-pass. And that's it. Nice. Uh, again, if you want to follow us, you can follow us at Nomads of Fantasy on the Twitters. That's all we got for socials. Nice. Well, thanks, Eric. Uh, next week. Yeah, next week we do give have a little uh, sneaky peek of next week. Cyberpunk on the uh, docket. Cyberpunk Watching the Edge Runners. Edge Runners specifically anime. the yeah the Netflix TV series. It's an animated Western American uh, anime style. No, it's no, it's. Japanese oh, anime. It is Japanese. Okay, yep. sweet. By Trigger Trigger Studios, yep. Okay. Eric nice. loved it. I well, yeah. I can't wait for you guys to watch it. I'm super excited to talk about it. I've seen I've seen I don't know if I finished it, but I've seen most of it, I think. But okay. let me see. I don't remember much. But yeah, that should be a fun one. And I'm sure we'll, those in this week. I'm sure we'll talk a little bit about the the game as well. It'll probably just happen to come up. I plan on playing some of the game too over the next week, just you know, to get yeah. back into that world. So should be a fun one. Sweet. Well, 
let's get into the movie after we take a break. Oh my god. <laughs> Are you ready? Let's take a break! <laughs> <laughs> Okay, we're back talking about hey all, hey all. the fifth element. I, I'm, I'm approaching this conversation a little bit differently than others because I really, it's not like I forgot about this movie. Um, I And I enjoy this movie and I, and I still do. It's just, it, it's I don't see it as a movie that's discussed much. So it just kind of came up, watched it, no, got yeah, in, it's got kind of out. Like a- a cult following yeah. a bit. Yeah, but, I don't hear people talk about it much. But most people that do is like, oh, yeah, I like that movie. And it's kind of where it ends. Um, but now, looking at it, it's like, I haven't seen this movie in probably like 20 years. Because I did like it, and I've seen it a few times. Um, like, I probably watched it easily six times, you know, in the past. Loved it. It was just a movie you put on in the background in college or something like that. But... Now I have so many questions about this world. I mean, like, because what do we do in this show? We always are analyzing, like, how they make these worlds. And what. And um, I don't know if you guys remember, but, like, at the end of the movie, I wanted to know so much more about, like, what the f- – who made all this stuff? Why were they fighting? Like, why was there an ancient evil? Like, where did that come from? What happened to those guys? Where were the rest of those aliens? Just so many questions. <laughs> I, have well, very, I have a very interesting um, – experience with this movie or like history with this movie i should say it's just like it's one of those movies that i know i've seen multiple times but as a kid you know because like i i don't know this movie came by on like tbs or something 97 yeah and i have specific memories of like watching it at my grandma's house like on cable so like (laughs) yeah i don't think i've ever seen the full film version like i've only seen the edited for tv version so i didn't know there was like you know Mila Jovovich nudity in here. Yeah. And like, I was like, oh, I did not remember this when I was a kid. That's for sure. <laughs> but I'm like, it's no way my parents would have let me watch this movie as a kid, like just renting it. But since it was on TV, they cut out all that, all that stuff. So I know I've seen it, but I, I remember bits and pieces of it. But, you know, it's just one not, of those weird childhood memories. That's cool, though. There's not too much bad in here, but. I mean, for the time that it came out, '97, like this, this movie does some stuff. Like Jurassic, yeah. when did Jurassic Park come out? '93, '93, yeah. So it's yeah. still after that, but there's like still a lot of like practical effects in this, which is cool to see, which adds to like the I don't know. It's not like a super serious sci-fi movie. Uh, it's got like no. a, it's got a certain charm to it though, which. It doesn't I mean, take it's, itself it's, too seriously. No, and it's super unique in like how things are done and like the shots that they, you know, put together. And I don't know. I think it's a uh, it's a diamond in the rough kind of. It is. It was very. It seemed very ambitious for its yeah. time. 
I mean, it was, let's see, $90 million budget, so not too mm-hmm. shabby. Um, and like you said, the the blend of practical and, you know, digital effects. I mean, this was in the early days of CG. So, you know, nowadays it doesn't look the best, but I still think it holds up decently well. You know, like some of the effects are a little bit dated, but still, <laughs> yeah. I think there's still yeah, you know something what, charming about it. The, this movie was made. What year was this movie made? Pretty 97. Like made, 97. 97 when it came out. 96. Right? Something like that. Yeah, sure. So, right. So, to me, it's like this weird era where Hollywood is going through the old way of doing things and they were mm-hmm. really good at doing it. Like, go watch The Thing from the 80s. Like, John Carpenter's The Thing. It's, mm-hmm. it's pretty impressive, like, what we can do. Dude, we just. We just watched like the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie. That was Henson, like what they were doing with puppets at that yeah. time. Like yep. after a while, when you're doing it for decades, you're going to get damn good at it. And when you have a big budget, you're going to make really cool stuff. So this was them doing things with CG, which is a new thing in Hollywood. So it's still fresh, but they're also doing some things the old way. I didn't know this, but it's actually really cool. I got a message from the guys over at the Joy Stick show. Mm-hmm. And he sent me a link where it showed it was like a, a Reddit post uh, of how they made the city. I thought it was all CG. I thought the cars in the city were CG. Is it, was she's out, on the, CG. Is it out on the ledge or is it like outside it's, of Bruce's house? It's a miniature set. Um, so if you go and, and look the stuff up, you'll see that huh. they actually did it like they would have done like Lord of the Rings That's or really cool. Star Wars. It's an actual miniature set. And they, because there was a lot of those shots, and I was impressed. There had to be some CG layered on top of it, though. Yeah, I'm sure. Y- yeah, but it's just, just that you know, this movie was made in the mid, just, just past the mid '90s, and it was just a blend of both. Yeah, I this think was, nowadays you would just do it all fucking in the CG, dude. This was right before, because I mean, we saw it with like the Star Wars prequels. We always, I feel like we always, those are the example of like the era where everything transitioned to CG. Okay, we have this technology now. Every fucking thing is CG. <laughs> if you look at the, into it. If you look at the behind the scenes stuff for like, you know, Attack of the Clones or whatever, it's just Obi-Wan in front of a blue screen the entire movie. Yeah. Y- you know, yeah. you're acting in front of a blue screen. But this is like right before every that transition like you were saying. So they like you said this was the height of the craft of like practical effects but starting to mix in a little bit at CG, so I think it hits it hits a good sweet spot. They had three different teams on for like special effects for this movie. They had a specific one for mechanical and pyrotechnic effects, second one for creature effects, and then the third one was in charge of visual effects. There you so, go. Yep. And do and how awesome like is the is the artwork is people. cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all, yeah, all those guys together. Nice. You can really appreciate those teams because mm-hmm. you, you can see that each of them was really good at their own craft. That's cool. Something that I love about movies that take place in the future that were made like a while ago is that they always take the aesthetic of the current time. So like this was made in the 90s, right? And they they see like, what if this 90s technology that we have today was transported 300 years into the future? You know, because <laughs> yeah. like we see the futuristic quote unquote technology, but it's still like, 
that 90s aesthetic, you know? It's like the same thing with, like, Fallout. I can't get past the fucking helmets of the Marines and the police. Uh, I mean, they all <laughs> It's all, like, chunky and ridiculous. angular stuff, just like stuff was in the 90s. Oh, yeah. But what that, about that? <laughs> the food cart. The food cart was my favorite piece of technology oh, from yeah. this movie. He just flies up to your apartment window. That was, that was cool. Dishes out some ramen, and then just, you know, stay safe, call Bandalas, and he flies away. Yep. It was even a fortune calls. cookie or something like that. Fortune cookie, yeah. Well, as his yeah. Mom calls. And I like, yeah, and I, I did like that. Like Corbin and like other taxi cabs have like a 1950s kind yeah. of look. Yeah. Cars look you like know? cars. I did like so. I did like that part that of the art aesthetic. But yeah, when it came to costume design, it was hit or miss. Honestly, I was very distracting. <laughs> looking like they nailed uh, uh, Lilu, right? Lilu, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I want to call her Lulu for a second. Lilu. Like she's iconic looking, you know, and uh, Bruce Willis with the blonde hair. I thought, you know, it was like a cool look on him. Uh, I like the robes on the priest gave, gave a very um, uh, um, Obi-Wan Kenobi from A New Hope kind of feeling a little bit. Yeah. Uh, yeah. When I saw him, you know, especially when they're in the shuttle at the end and stuff like that or the spacecraft at the end. But uh, yeah, the the art, everything was very attractive. It was just when they showed the future technology it's it's hard to pull <laughs> off pretty, man it's yeah. just everything's gears still analog and like phones are still that's ginormous. what i'm saying i mean it's better than like alien where they had like a million buttons like some of the stuff i like, like the, the alien 70s. aesthetic the that's 70s like my favorite vision of the future look. is yeah everything's still chunky buttons and stuff like that there's a uh, i don't know i i like i didn't surprise you didn't mention it brandon but like the colors between like the bad guys are all like brown and green and yeah. like darker colors, but all the good people are like bright yep. and like I don't know. It's got all those kind of fancy colors are great in this movie. Like really good. Like For, you could tell yeah. they took they took lights, fluorescent or gels or something like that, and they were doing lighting throughout the set. I it's Yeah, it's not like a space movie where everything's drab and dark and there's like yeah, it's very I get you I guess you get that kind of steampunky kind of feeling with a bit of that with some of the shit that people are wearing too. I don't, uh, yeah. The guy that tries to rob him with the picture of the outside attached to his head is like a tweaker. And he tries to rob him with the gun at the door. It is so goddamn funny. And then he starts doing this awkward dance and then he fucking just bolts off. I love, I love that stuff. Give me the cash. Been here long? Yeah, long enough. Come on, give me the cash. Is that a Z140? Alleviated titanium. Newer charge assault model. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Good thing for me it's not loaded. <laughs> what do you mean it's not loaded? Well, you have to, you have to push that little yellow button to load it. <laughs> Take your time. You want me to? Okay. There you go. Give me the cash! That was like the, because it was serious up to that. When you got to that scene, it was like if you didn't like that joke, you're probably not gonna like the rest of the movie because it kind of set the tone. Where it does, there is a shift. Like the opening cinematic of this movie is so serious, like so serious, very foreboding with like the big ass ship floating by, and like it's 
dark and nasty. And then you see these aliens that are walking around like donuts with legs. It's it's yeah, the alien designs of the what are they called? The Manda Shawans. I guess yeah, if they're the like monk, monk aliens, they don't really need to be agile or anything like that. But uh, right, yeah, that was kind of hilarious. Those those designs, but like, who who comes up with this shit? Like, it's that was unique. Fucking, like, it's it was so unique. unique. Yeah, I exactly. love that yeah. it's unique. Yeah, like I don't know, you don't you don't really see anything like that nowadays. That's why I love the the futuristic aesthetic of mm-hmm. this movie. Like, it's just that I think that was my favorite thing. It's just looking at all the the dumb technology, the impractical futuristic technology. <laughs> like I I just love every like era's take on the future. So th- this is what I was saying before. Like movie was made in the seventies. They have their own take on what it would look like in the future. Like Dave was saying. Same with the eighties. They have their. You take eighties technology. What would it look like in the future? You take nineties technology. What would it look like in the future? So I I yeah I love that stuff. Hmm. There's all sorts of crazy facts about this movie too. Like Prince was supposed to be Ruby Rod. I could see that. Oh, wow. I totally can see that. Apparently, Gary Oldman hates this movie. I yeah. could see that. Mel Gibson. I thought Gary was Oldman supposed was supposed to be Corbin Dallas. He. I, okay, so. Okay, Gary Oldman. So yeah. Let's, he's can we talk about the cast? Can we talk about the cast? Yeah, please. This is a stacked cast. Oh yeah. It was made by a French dude. Wrote this thing in his teenage years, worked on it, whatever, wanted to make the movie, finally gets to make this movie. It's produced in France. Everything about it is French. Yep. But it's all American actors and it's kind of marketed to an American audience. Maybe as a fan of I don't honestly I don't know much about the director, but uh Luke Bassan, but maybe he's a huge fan of American cinema. But he got big names. And I would say I remember this era of Bruce Willis in the late 80s where he was in everything good. Sixth Sense, Armageddon, come to mind. This was there. And this is like an, this is a risky move. I don't know what his financial situation was. I don't know what he was doing with like his he, career. He took a reduced salary to actually film this movie too, apparently. That makes me so happy because he oh, is so he? Oh, damn... Wow. Bruce Willis is super charming. And I think this is one of the more charming roles I've ever seen him in. Like he's just very likable. You know, but he's a tough guy. But I mean, like, he doesn't. He's, yeah, he's not overly tough, but he's. I mean, he's an everyman. He's a taxi driver. He's only got a couple points left. He's got this little cigarette quitting thing on his wall where he's trying to stop, and he's only allowing himself so many a day. It's kind of, <laughs> you know, he's an everyman in this, so it's hard not to like him. Right, just trying to make some money, get through the day. <laughs> he's got points already on his license. Goddamn, mom is mom is calling him every day, just reaming him out. It's yep. We've all been there. But everyone around him is doing a hell of a job acting wise. Like um uh so you got Mila uh Javovich who's playing Lilu, which is a hard role to pull off. I feel she did a good job. She's quirky, she's cute, you know. Like they probably could have done maybe more with her towards the end, but they injured her, so I guess what were you really going to do with that character at the end? But I I, I looking at it now, I feel like she could have done a little bit more at the end um, than just, but, the, but, it, you know, but it's then again, like she's trying to like, you know, have purpose, like, like why you guys are so evil with war and killing and all that stuff. Like why? And he's like love and all that stuff. But that's yeah. a weird, cause that's like a good message of the movie too. It's uh, right. Over it's a good time. message, but the way they delivered it was a little hammy. cheesy. Yeah. It's, it it's, yeah, yeah we'll, we'll get into the ending. Um, Gary Oldman is in this, so he plays Jean Baptiste Emmanuel Zorg. So we just call him Zorg. 
Gary Oldman is an incredible actor. And this this is like one of the first movies where I noticed him. Like I know he was in Dracula by Bram Stoker. Uh, Stoker, but is it Stoker? Stoker? Stoker. Stoker, yeah. Uh, Stoker. <laughs> I'm a stroker. I'm a sure. But but he, he was Dracula there, but he I thought he he's part of he's like the Han Solo in Star Wars. Like this could have been a an action sci-fi movie, but he comes in with this accent. Well, it's like a southern southern drawl. Yeah, and he had like a limp, like he was a he was an interesting Slide. character. Handles adjustable for easy carrying, good for riders and left. Strikes down on four parts, undetectable by X-ray, ideal for quick discreet interventions. A word on firepower. Titanium recharger, 3,000 round clip with bursts of 3 to 300. With the replay button, another Zorg invention, it's even easier. One shot. Replay. Created a character, but he I think mm-hmm. he understood the homework. Like, we gotta make something that's memorable. Like, when we look at, I already referenced this, but... His hair is memorable. Star wow. Wars. Like, everything about Star Wars is memorable and iconic. The sounds, the product, the outfits, the characters' oh, yeah. names, where they yep. go, what they do, how they did it visually... This movie's doing all that stuff. Like, yeah, it didn't hit that lightning in the bottle that A New Hope did, but like from the creature design to like what the villains are acting like and doing, like he didn't have to have that accent. He probably could have just had an American accent, just a standard accent, but he didn't. This movie the is the furthest thing from forgettable, I would say. <laughs> yeah, I feel like true. once you watch this movie, you'll re- yeah, like you said, the characters. I mean, I'm sure you're getting to it, but Chris Tucker is Ruby so Rod. So Chris Tucker like, is Ruby oh Rod. My God. Don't forget Bilbo. And he's probably make it or break it for a lot of people, but I'm in the camp where I think he's I awesome. love it. He's fantastic. Oh so good. Yeah. That's so good in this movie. Like he's got like this space radio DJ voice to him where he's just so loud and so annoying and obnoxious. He like it's oh, what I love it's it. what you would see like an influencer be in two hundred years. Like yes. that's we're pretty right. close to that's what an influencer will be. So and the I design of his character with his fucking hair. I don't know what that is. <laughs> but... The roses with like his low cut like shoulder bit. Yeah. <laughs> his character design is just so good. I love it. And I love his all of his mannerisms. Like when he wants somebody to go away. The... <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Just constantly I'm, yelling. I'm, just, I'm really curious how much of that was like ad libbed by him. And like you know, and I don't know how much direction he got with that character. Yeah, let me go. I'm, I, it just seems like he just took over that character and owned it. I, you know, you're working with really good actors. Though. Like, there's some weak spots. We'll get to it, but, um, but no. I feel like the the key characters delivered it. Well, and, don't forget uh, the. Well, hold on. I want to say Ian Holm is yep, also he's go. Vito Cornelius, mm-hmm. who yeah, I think Bilbo. is incredible yeah. in this role. Like he yeah. could have been generic. He could have been generic, but he's like his t- his comedic timing is good. Like every time uh, Lily wanted to change, everybody like turns away. Like just <laughs> what, like look at his eyes, the way uh, he like wants to talk but doesn't talk. Like that's not easy to pull off. He's very fidgety and uh, ill prepared throughout the movie. But he was trying to do the right thing, and he he's a he's a man of faith and all this stuff. He's supposed to be a good person, but he's doing things that's not of his character. And I think he nails it he does pull it off because yeah the thing you said like he doesn't know what he's doing he's supposed to be the like authority figure on what is going on like the fifth element he's studied this thing his entire life but when time when the time comes like we see it near the end like he's he knows what the stones are 
and what they do, but like he doesn't know how to use them. You know, stuff like that is, is it makes his character. Well, so did he better. not know even what the fifth element was? He thought it was her. Right. Like she'll just like stand in front of him and just zap it. Right. Like he know he's read about it, but he did, when the time came to actually do what he was supposed to do, he was just kind of fumbling through it. Uh, I want to say Tommy Tiny Lister Jr. as President Lindbergh yeah. is distractingly bad acting. It's, for, in this it's goddamn it's Debo. So I love it. Debo I, I from just, Friday. That's what I know him from shot. is uh, from fucking uh, <laughs> Little Nicky, one of the one of the brothers in Little Nicky. Oh God! Chemical and molecular analysis as yet. All the calibers are overshot. We're initiating a thermonucleatic imaging. So what you're saying is you don't know what this is? Not yet, sir. All we know is it just keeps getting bigger. Documentation? My philosophy, Mr. President, is shoot first and ask questions later. I don't like uninvited guests. All right then, Stetter. Mr. President. Yes. Priest Vito Cornelius, expert of astral phenomena. I have a different theory to offer you, sir. Yeah, 20 seconds. It was so distracting how bad his acting was. It was so bad. He's like I, it's just a giant, giant man that's just president. And it just seems oh. like it seems so off. Of, like, oh, he died. We oh, man. Did he really? Oh, he died in 2020. He's oh, 62. Mm hmm. Big dude, I know. I like. That and guy. then uh, I think Brian James, uh, who was in Blade Runner, yeah, he's I just the made that he's the General Monroe. Oh, who I think I that knew he guy familiar. I thought that guy was great. Mm-hmm. I thought like, man, he can mm-hmm. do comedy too, which is interesting. It. Like this director was able to get comedy out of some of these actors who I've usually not seen in something comedic before, but yeah. So that was about it. There's, I'm sure I'm probably missing a couple other important people. It was nice seeing Luke Perry uh, in there, you know, handsome and young and all that stuff and, you know, being in the movie. It, I don't know if he did many movies really after that, but uh, it was just nice to see him. I never mm-hmm. really, you know, wasn't it against him as, a, as an actor. I, I know he was popular from like a teen romance show. 90210. But he looked great in that role. Like he looked like a swat. I thought he was going to be the action hero. I remember the first time I saw this. Oh, is he going to be like the hero of this movie, or like one of the heroes? No, nope. he's just <laughs> he like gone in the first fifteen minutes. Does he die? <laughs> like what happens to him? I don't think he dies. I think he's they just leave. Oh okay. He just got that one alien killed by getting it squished when he shot. Yeah, the... yeah. he was a little. Uh, he was getting a little too excited in there, but. <laughs> Okay. happens but no the cast is you know the the main core you got is they all work so well together and i think that's kind of why the movie works so well is just everybody's performance and chemistry with each other um between like you know lilu and corbin and then you've got corbin and ruby rod <laughs> which is hilarious oh man it's on itself but i don't know this uh the combination of everything just works so nicely. It is. Yeah. A, it's got monsters. Well, not monsters, but like creature, creature design. Good, good creature design. Good. I don't remember what the uh, the race of aliens that was working for Zorg. I forgot what they were. Actually they called. they had, they start with an M as well. Uh, yeah, they what were, were. They called. I like their design. I thought they were. It was good practical effects. Mangalores. Uh, Mangalores. Mangalores. Ooh, yes. 
Sounds like Mandalore, which we're watching Mandalorian right now. So I was always thinking of and that. The, and then the it. other, the good ones that, the, the donut shaped are called Mandashawans. So yeah. yeah, that's interesting. I mean, clearly this guy's a little inspired from Star Wars, but who isn't? At this point, mm. especially in sci-fi, uh, no, I like I like the designs of the creatures. He actually used a French comic book artist to um, that, that like inspired him, so he used them for a lot of the design of this stuff. So it makes sense because cool. it does look like a comic booky kind of movie, which is interesting. But was, yeah, I read that, and it, the, that comic book artist was actually like he helped on the film, like set design and like character okay. design and stuff which was pretty good, interesting so so it sounded like the art direction was just they knew what they were doing and that's how they could work with those multiple teams that like Dave was saying earlier and you know trying to handle CG practical effects miniature designs creature designs the creatures are actually doing like CG over their faces which was kind of cool they're trying to pose as people and then like you'd see them kind of mm-hmm. they're uh, shapeshifters or whatever um Skin changers. I thought that was really cool. So much world building in this movie too. And um, if anybody at this point, you know, we spent some time talking about just like the making of this movie and like what's cool about this movie. If you haven't seen it, <laughs> what like, are you doing? Here? <laughs> well, if you haven't seen it, <clears throat> there's, I think there's a reason why people reference this movie and why we even picked it to to talk about it is because. I feel like it, it could have been a horrible movie, but it it comes through with so much charm and it doesn't press you with what, it, like you said, it was ambitious. It is ambitious, but but like nothing really ruins it. The, all the Like I said, everybody, I think, understood the homework and they play their characters right. There's, and it's quotable. I think nothing nothing ruins it, but nothing maybe elevates it above, you know, to make it in like the the popular consciousness you know what i mean yeah it did have kind of like a, a b-ish b-ish feel to it i think the comedy is what throws people off because the comedy is like a different like it's got some slapsticky elements to it where like lilu is fighting that's like, thing like and that's like i don't know it's like usually in a sci-fi movie of like this kind of budget and this kind of magnitude you don't get kind that of kind of b-movie-ish though with the way they act that's one of the, the parts the i like the the most about it is some of the comedic stuff i think just the plot was just a throwaway plot. Oh, there's this ultimate evil and only this one thing can save Earth. You know, it's a very sure. basic, very, very basic plot. And I feel like it was not much happened in this movie either. Like it felt like it, it it's not a very long movie. Two it's, hours. I mean, well, I guess it's two hours, but it didn't feel long because I didn't feel like a lot happened. No. I know. I mean, like, you know what I mean? I know. They take the stone and you're getting the stones. Yeah, that's about it. Like he meets, you know, Corbin meets Lou, Lilu. They mess around for a little bit. They go off to the resort ship thing, get the stones, come back, save the world. That's really Boom. about it. I think a lot of it is building up. I think the first half of the movie is building up because you have that long opening scene, mm-hmm. right? That's kind of set things in place where it takes place in like the early 1900s at the pyramid. And then they say that they'll return when the ancient evil starts coming to Earth to wipe out all life or, or something like that. Yep. Um, and then that you flash every forward. Every 5,000 years. It every 5,000 years? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. But right now it's on a collision course with uh, Earth. And um, so these a- ancient aliens, the Manda... Manda Shawans. Sure. Manda Shawans. 
<laughs> they they come back to you know save humans. Hey, we got you know we got the fifth element. We'll we'll, we'll save it, right? Like we said, but we you know, we had to use it because there was like a war. There's apparently there's a war going on that that they had to go tend to or something like that. And so uh, they're just storing. They were storing it on Earth for safekeeping, right? For I guess I guess like there's multiple of these. And Earth had theirs, so that okay. if they were ever attacked by this ancient uh, monster, they'll have their weapon to prevent it. You know, okay. But, you know, they they needed it for some reason at the time. Like we can't really trust you because you guys are snooping around. Like this archaeologist was about to find it and discover it. It's like we don't want, want humans knowing about it. Like it's just better not to. Maybe just keep you safe from the ancient evil. Who knows? I, the ancient evil is kind of gen- super generic. Yeah, they don't spend any time with this thing. It's just on a, it's, it's like a it's giant. It's literally just an amalgamate like. It's evil in a giant ball. That's really it about talks, it. Talks though. It has a cell phone. It they called would have been cooler if they explored that because it's they called call the it, Shadow Man. Yeah. yeah, and they call it like a planet, like it's a planet-sized ball of fire, essentially. It, that's just coming to destroy Earth. Hmm. It's it's, it's very, very very generic. Yeah, but that I don't know. I thought it was kind of interesting how like they send like a couple of these aliens with like the weapon to fight this thing and they're taken out by two little <laughs> two little fighters little space pirates yeah yeah, yeah. i, th- I like, thought that was weird too like, you think they would have better defenses on their ships some shields or something just peaceful monks peaceful donut i monks guess just waddling their way through space they're good but a lot of happens in the opening i think 30 minutes because you get the all that stuff that happens when they when they get the fifth element they drag the sarcophagus kind of thing with her in there which is basically Lilu, mm-hmm. but put her on a ship and then they come back years later that's the only thing that survives it's really just like her hand yeah and yeah, they take they the, hand. the ship up they find that yeah they find the hand put it in the which i thought the cg was yeah the reprinting cool did that 3d printing before 3d printing it's just like a- yeah biological yeah. 3d printer rebuilding was, the yeah genetic material and everything it was pretty yeah, sweet. It, was, it was cool cool concept i like that idea and then they um zorg is looking for he wants the, the stones. stones he wants the stones but, but like i said everything's been kind of set in motion already in the beginning of the movie because like they've already they didn't have it on them because they, they they must have known that we might be attacked by the ancient evil in some way so that uh, they all they had was lilu and the the stones were somewhere else. I forget how the stones got found. They're in the opera singer lady. Not no, not the not the little the, the actual tri- giant triangle things. The triangle pieces. Those were they in? Like, is it, those yeah, they were, were inside. Those were inside okay. of the okay. alien chick. Okay, yeah. I guess I just wasn't paying attention. Which I was thinking. One thing that's a lot of like biomat like to be carrying around on the inside. Like, like, oh yeah, four, no, four stones. stones. Yes, yeah. they were big, and they, yeah, that okay, that was them. Okay, pulled them all out. But they of were gut. hidden. Yeah, so all that which set forth the plot is because like things have already been kind of thrown around across the galaxy. Like they kind of spread things out. They had a plan B this whole time, I guess. Mm-hmm. Gotta. Well, so one thing I don't understand is why, why did Zorg want the stones? Because he was working for this the Shadow Man, yeah. Thing the Shadow Man wanted the stones. But why was he work working for him? Because he could make his head bleed. <laughs> That's what I thought. Like I that just I happens. Know. I that just happens when he's on the phone with him. He, like, and that's a really weird fucking part because you just see like I do, thick yeah, blood I coming that, down his I face. Just, and then I just don't understand how Zorg got in contact with this 
evil in the first place and why he's like, I don't know. Well, that Zorg, whole thing was Zorg has an appetite of destruction. He talks to the priest about this Cornelius and he's like, he's like, see this glass? It's just a boring glass. But if you do this and break it and it falls to the ground, all these different kind of robots come out. He says it gives them purpose. It gives them jobs. Mm-hmm. It gives them all these things. Like you need chaos. So he's just doing that whole chaos thing. Like, like we need to do this thing. So, so like he me wanted just to die. Giving weapons. Well, he's an industrialist, so he goes and gives like weapons to like. You know, he, I mean, he's, I mean, he's in the dark side of things. Of so the dark market, probably black market. Uh, sounds like a lot. I of guess that, maybe yeah. he didn't know the fucking the shadow man was gonna destroy the earth or whatever. But I, I, I don't. Somebody know. made that your world. He's already doing naughty, like bad things, naughty things, doing bad things. He's already doing corrupt things. So it was probably easy for like the evil, uh, um, ancient to like go and say, "Yo, you're gonna work for me, or I'll smash your head in," kind of thing. Make but he's gonna die bleed. anyways when the evil destroys the earth. I don't know. That's, he just has to do his bidding. Like it's too late for him. Like yeah. he can't. Just like he's already in the doing shit and the and like the. It dark was just side. a weird thing. It was it was like a weird like excuse to have a villain in zorg well that's what i'm saying like rewatching it it's like when i look at the world building like some things are just where like where the ancient monster come from and why does it want to kill earth right just because it's the opposite of life and love yeah it's just yeah yeah, it's just pure yeah pure evil but like it couldn't what what did it zorg for though just go into earth that's what i'm saying i know no i know you need the stones to get to if well they mentioned in the beginning if you do if you do the stones and then evil takes the spot of the fifth element, then, oh, that's then right. evil yeah. wins. It just seems a very and it's like that sloppy weird... system. It's a little awkward. Like, how are these that's stones? Funny. Like, what do these stones even really do? Like, they, they look... zap stuff out of them. I, yeah, sure. They and activate the fifth element. And I don't earth, know. water, weird. earth, wind, and fire. Wind and fire. <laughs> earth, wind, and fire. <laughs> earth, water, wind, fire. Like Avatar, last airbender over here. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, yeah. Was, so the the plot is the probably the weakest part of this movie. Eh, all to say, it's that. fun though. Like it's 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 probably you know I don't know. It's like it's like Star Wars. It's just like why are they attacking each other? Or like why would they build a little opening that you can just blow no. up this whole thing for? Why would they make a star like a Death Star? Like yeah, the more you think about it, is kind of fucking dumb. Yeah. You know, well, some no, movies... we made a movie about why we wanted to make a Death Star and why we made made a movie about why. <laughs> well, now I know, right? We well, now it, now we, we have do, to explain yeah. fucking everything. Yeah. Some movies have deep meanings and themes. This one, this one does not. I mean, it has some. It does. It's got the try, good versus evil. I would say they try to kind of shove that in there, hamfist yeah. that it's, in there a little bit. I mean, it's like kind of love the, conquers all or whatever. Yeah, you know? it's the it's kind of the backbone. It's like standard good versus space evil. Mm-hmm. I don't know. right. Well, it's anyways, a fun, fun it's, movie though. Yeah, I, and then it's a pretty simple adventure. Simple you know, plot. She escapes when she gets rebuilt, falls into his, um, his uh, taxi cab. Yeah. He decides to just go with her. He just I don't know why I don't know why he did. He was just in love with her or something. He was just attracted to her. The fifth element has yeah, like he, powers over men's brains. It well, she's like help she, me, help me. And he's yeah. like, oh, all right, well, might as well. Where I, if I was him, I would think this is a junkie trying to like jump away from the cops and got caught like that's what i would have thought in that situation but well, he's got a he was vulnerable he's got a he, nice he heart. probably had a boner also yeah and he's <laughs> going through a divorce you know 
He's, yeah, he's exactly. a sly guy, though. He knows it's what's the going rebound. on. He can run away from like a squad of six cop cars and still get away. Like, oh yeah, Bruce good knows what the fuck he's doing in that, in that situation. After he drops her off at the uh, priest place, he uh, <laughs> he goes back to his um his apartment and he's talking to like his boss about like the taxi. He's like, oh yeah, like uh, it's like I had a big fare. He's like. Tell me about this fair, and he's like lays in bed, and uh, <laughs> he's looking he's up at the like... camera with his, with his arm behind <laughs> his head, doing his sexy yeah. pose. <laughs> well, you didn't even mention where he tried to just randomly kiss Lilu. Well, just... that was weird. That was weird. Like, was, that's but he, just, he, like, he that's knew like that he old was weird. Writing, or like, I think you can't have a man, a woman, not right. I think it's her power over before. men. Like everybody's just enchanted by her. She's the fucking fifth element. I guess. I mean, they they do say that, like the priests keep saying, like she's the perfect being, you know. It's that orange hair. That's that's the mm. that's the highlight, I think. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but anyways, I thought that was just funny the way he's just like talking about, like, oh wow, he's really going for it. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. He's trying to be all emotional and tough and, and sexy and all that stuff. I was, um. But then after that, it, it it's kind of fun. To, <laughs> this I think the comedy is good because like I like the scene when the they have to like bring him out of retirement. One last mission. You always got, we got to bring you back in. Mission. It has yep. to be you. It has exactly. to be you. I can only think of one man, and it just happens to be the guy that she fell in the fucking car to in this massive city mm-hmm. in the future. Of but course. whatever, who cares? I mean, that's the story. It's fine, you know. Um, but. <laughs> When the guys show up at his house or his apartment, I love this scene because they're like trying to recruit him. And he, like the woman with the um, the giant woman with the uh, Leia buns mm-hmm. on her head. Mm-hmm. He's like, "You're gonna go on vacation. You're gonna be sent to this place to, you know, I guess get the. I don't know. Why were they even get sending the stones? Get the they stones. knew that the stones were there. Yeah, they knew that Diva was holding the stones. Okay, I can't. They knew she had them, so they had to go retrieve them. Yeah, thank you. Okay. Yes, but then while they're there trying to convince him, uh, Lilu shows up, and. Uh, they're also looking for her, so he like hides him in the freezer. Yeah, and then they like go down. Yeah, because you got the freeze, you got the fridge shower combo. You know, you lower the fridge, there's the shower, and then you raise the shower, there's the fridge. So smart. But then, and that, but this is this is what I love about this scene. Um, and then it's revealed that the priest is also there holding a gun, like an idiot, trying to say, like, I'm sorry, but, like, we need your tickets. Because you can't um, get the Floston without those lottery tickets. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, Le- but then, like, while he's there with Lilu and the priest, uh, the Mandal- Mandalorans, Mon- oh, my God, what are those things called? Mongolors. Mongolors. They are upset because they were betrayed. So they were like, let's find this uh, Corbin Dallas. Corbin guy. Yeah, Corbin Dallas. Because he's all over the news about winning the thing. And I don't know. I guess they got, they know how, what he's up to. But, anyways, they're trying to find him. And they have these corrupt police, or they're not even police. It's them. On, they're doing a raid through his apartment. But what I liked about this scene is like now he's got to hide uh, Lilu. 
and the priest. So now she's in the freezer. I'm sorry. She's in the shower. Of course. The, the military dudes are all in the freezer. And the priest is going into like a... The best. Bed with like a seal. Kind like of it looks like it, it, it. I don't know. It fresh wraps it every time you put it away. Yeah, it's like the plastic seal. Like okay. Steel, like the old Italian grandmas used to put on their furniture. It's just a fun Keep scene. It nice and fresh. Okay. Yeah, it is. But then, it, yeah, fucking. Of course, we lose in the uh, the shower, and it turns on. And she's then after, she's all wet, and then the sexy music starts playing, and they're sexy all music Blade is Runner funny awkward Blade Runner song. This yeah. exactly, this I reminded like, me exactly of Blade Runner. The same thing. <laughs> I was thinking the sexy same saxophone. Thing. But who switches? Who switches the tags on the doors? Because when the the cop guys are looking for Corbin, somebody switched the tags on the doors. That maybe it was the military people, maybe not. I don't know, but yeah, or maybe it was Lilu and the the priest. But that's why they go to the other door because they're looking for Corbin right. in Dallas. Suck you! Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. Wrong answer, buddy. Yeah, wrong answer. And I thought the I thought once Corbin got the you know he opened the f- freezer or whatever, and the general and all his dudes were in there they, they were, were like dead. frozen <laughs> i thought they were dead but then they, they show blanket. up later i'm like oh okay i guess they're not dead oh, it's, like the, it's just a gag it's a gag yeah. it looked like they were just frozen to death and i'm like oh okay i guess they're not actually dead but i just like it because that actor was like one of the replicants in blade runner and i've only mm-hmm. seen him as like a bad guy in movies and then here he is playing like a good guy and he's being silly and i'm like i don't know and he's just good at it he's just so <laughs> I don't know. He's got, like, he really close to the camera, and he's stiff, but he's... Yeah, he's got that doofy look to him, like... Yeah. I don't know. But fun casting. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But then then, then there's another gag going on where all all these people are posing as, like, Corbin. As Corbin, yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> they, know, they all know he won the trip, so he, they're all like, oh, yeah, I'm Corbin Dallas, and I won this trip to lost him. They're like, no, you're not... Yeah, because like you have like three parties trying to um, get through here, because you have the the real Corbin and you have the multi multi pass multi pass uh, bit right, and yep. Lilo's like, "What's your name?" Multi pass. Multi pass. Yeah, yeah. I like, "This is my wife." Yeah, yeah, she knows it's a multi pass. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so they get through, and then you have uh, the Mongolors. They show up. They try and like, uh, no, you're not. And then they panic, they freak out, and they run off. And then one of the henchmen for uh, Zorg oh, comes Zorg. to the guy with the weird like. His name was Right Arm. Mm-hmm. There was Right Arm and Left Arm were his henchmen. <laughs> and that oh, guy's okay. name was Right Arm. Yes. Oh, okay. He tries doing it, doesn't get through, and then uh, he gets blown up <laughs> by a phone. Booth. Yeah. I like Which, how there's still phone booths in the future. That's pretty nice, though, that they like he's just got explosives planted throughout the city on phone booths that he can just blow up on command depending on where you are. Yeah, it made no sense how oh, he, yeah. he was able sure. to do it, but yeah, you know, like, we got to kill that character off. Mm-hmm. Like, don't fail me. Um, and then, yeah, I, I, this is when it starts to get a little bit more energetic because like he's kind of smart, Wacky. smooth. Well, yeah, but yeah, right. now this is where they introduce Ruby. Yeah, Ruby. Right. Yeah. yeah exactly. It's like kind of, everything's like cranked up to like eleven. Any scene that oh, yeah. in. Dude, when he comes in, it's a music video. Like when he comes in, 
It is a fucking ride, dude. I love yeah. it. So, just, there's so many things going on. You're just he's looking trying at the to camera. concentrate as much as you can, though, to catch everything that he's saying because he's talking so goddamn fast that you, like, if you blink for a second, you're going to miss what the hell he's yammering on about. And he's all over the place. He's, like, on the flight. He's charming all the ladies. Uh, oh, my God, yeah. Doing Performing more than charming them. Clunalingus no. on all the ladies. <laughs> well, I, I don't remember yeah. that part when I was a kid. Oh my mm-hmm. god, right? Yeah. And they like tie it, he, they tie it all in weirdly with like the rocket ship leaving too, where it's like So what was what were those guys doing underneath it? They were like spraying off like alien bugs yeah. off of the yeah. ba- bottom. In the landing gear. Yeah, it's yeah. like the uh Minox in Star Star Wars. Like you yeah. gotta get them off it's the It's just like it's an unnecessary thing, but I thought that but was so cool that they explains well, how, how the v- priest gets there. Right. He sneaks up through the landing gear. Right. Right. So you gotta have like, you know, the, the road crew cleaning it out so you can show that Cornelius sneaks yeah. in. Yeah. But the whole the whole ride over there is pretty hilarious too with uh, Ruby Ruby Road. Uh, he is just obnoxiously loud, obnoxiously like space future annoying radio DJ influencer. Mm-hmm. Like you just this is over the top. Chris Tucker just turning it up to fifteen. Yeah, yeah. played that part incredibly, incredibly well. Like it's, that's the he's probably the most entertaining part of the movie. Because <laughs> like, yeah, because he mean, turns into like the comedy. Like after yeah. from that point on, essentially he's the comedic effect. Yep. Yes, he is. Yes, he and is. And like he's he's kind of he kind of uh, gloms on to Corbin a little bit, you know, because he's supposed to be like interviewing him or whatever for a show. <laughs> But then when shit starts to go down and everything starts to, you know, get attacked by the, the Mongolores or Mongolers, whatever the yeah. <laughs> Ruby just posse. sticks with Corbin. Yeah. yeah. And he's like... He's just yeah. doing a radio just, show following him around. Yeah, he's constantly yelling, Corbin! Corbin! The fact that he's know, that... on the radio too, because he's like narrating shit that he's doing as he's going yep. through like these fucking insane scenarios with Corbin. <laughs> oh, dude. The... the... <laughs> when he's like laying he he like he's like he he's um about to be killed by one of the the aliens and then he's like kind of doing the math of like okay if i just do this that'll shoot that alien up and his head will go through or whatever right yeah and um so ruby's up there and then that guy falls through and then they start surrounding ruby and then corbin's like i got an idea i'm gonna shoot him down so he shoots like he's like don't move and he shoots all these bullets around his body but the way chris tucker screams like "Ah!" his hands and he just falls through i i i I just love that specifically that scene i don't know why but like it makes me smile that scene it's so stupid it's just a dumb bit but there's like these bits they work and uh i yeah chris tucker i can't say enough about that character like i can if you don't like that character you probably hate it all the scenes he was in it, but if you like it, like I think he, I mean, isn't the last the charm. third of the movie, you know, he's like yeah. he's right there with Corbin the whole time. Oh, although who's the other guy with the blonde hair? He's another influencer. <laughs> Corbin's like surrounded. Oh yeah, he's asking for a gun, yeah. and he's like, "Hand me the gun," and he like rolls over like a cue or something like that. He's, Ruby says on his way in when they're walking in, he says something about him being like tone deaf or he can't hear or something like that. Or maybe he's just an idiot too. On top of all that, but 
Yeah, he rolls over <laughs> two cue balls over to him. Like, no, not the gun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was good. It was good. And it's so weird yeah. because it's like, I don't know, it's like a, it's an expensive, serious, not serious, expensive for sure. Serious, I'm going to use air quotes, but like sci-fi movie. But like to have this much kind of like slapstick, wacky kind of comedy in it is just yeah. kind of unheard of. a lot. Just with a big actor. Like Bruce Willis is not a nobody, you know? Like he's the dude from Die Hard. Mm-hmm. He's can we proven. can we talk about uh, I guess probably the most famous, most rem- I guess well remembered scene in this movie? Oh my Fucking god, the opera! Oh the my opera. god, I okay. How do you guys feel about the? It's a jam, scene? dude. It's a jam. It, yeah, it, it's an it's an I mean it's an alien opera. I guess everything I would expect from him. Like why is an alien singing opera? I'm not gonna ask that question. Like no, but at the same time, like. When she starts doing the doing the jam and she's dancing and getting well, because it's the a standard traditional opera song, uh, and it's just like building up, and then because all these characters are getting killed off and they're like getting to whatever, and then that's when Lilu like makes her move, and then you gotta turn the music up, right? And I like starts, I like that the music went with it, yeah. The fucking dance and the outfit, I I hated it. I hated it then. <laughs> And I hate it Listen, now. Listen, I brought hate this is up. a strong word, but I dislike it. I just, I have so a, ugly and cheesy. <laughs> I think, well, I brought this up in our, our Discord, but I th- I was thinking the whole time I was watching this, is that an outfit or is that her skin? Her skin. I think it's both. Because it's the same color as her face, you know? She could have matched it. You know, it looks She could have matched it, yeah. But I was like, is that, you know, is she just completely naked and that's just her it's skin? It's weird. Because she's all covered up. She covers her face when you first see her. Mm-hmm. She's all mysterious, but then she's like, Here I am! <laughs> in front of everybody. I guess that uh, part was performed by like a real opera singer. Oh, yeah. Like, you, the actor, yeah, or the the actor actress that played the diva wasn't, there was a, you know, it was dubbed over with an actual opera singer. Okay, yeah. You could hear some auto-tune or some kind of effect being used on some of the notes, but it is really impressive. Oh, like, yeah, the vocals you. are good. No, how dare you. What? Uh, they probably no. did that to make it sound more funky with the, uh, you know, the breakdown dance part. But, yeah, it, do you like it got, Do you like the uh, opera singer, Dave? Really? I mean, I don't mind her. She's got some funky teeth, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but, no, it's funny how, like, the opera starts off as, like, slow as Lilu's getting up there, but the, it's like the... It's the music background for the fight scene as well when it gets mm-hmm. when it gets to the funky breakdown. I did like it the transition of that. I I don't hate it, but I mean, does it need weird. to be in there? No. Did no. half of the fucking shit in this movie need to be there either? No, but it's kind of adds to the charm and adds to the, you know, the pizzazz of the movie. I was looking at um it's just her design is lame. I think it's just the, looking lame, at her. Maybe. She's just lame looking. She's got she's got a cool like and twilight the, like the arms. Hair thing. It's just the fucking. Well, you the, didn't have to. She starts breaking know. it down. You can't opera yeah, like that without breaking tu- it down a little. So bit. many like tubes and tentacles coming out of her head. Is I think they. I think well, she. I mean, she served one purpose in this movie, and that was like she was the carrier of the stones. Carrier of the stones. How so did I they feel get like, them in her? Well, I feel like they had to give her something else just besides like. 
oh, I have the stones, now I can give them to you, you know? But how they give them to her? Like, stick them up her ass? <laughs> I don't oh, know. Oh, that was painful. All right, there's three more. Three she's more an, inside of She's me. an alien. She probably just fucking shoved them down she, her throat or something. Yeah, embedded them in her body, which is, you yeah. know, take some, take some dedication, too. I feel like the opera scene was just a way to give her, a, like, one moment before they just killed her off and ripped the stones out of her, you know? I mean, sure. I'm looking at Bruce's... Uh, <laughs> filmography here and like the way that this plops right into the middle of his like hot streak because dude was like you know blowing up he's had like um die hard die hard 2 like the beginning of the 90s and then 94 he rolls out pulp fiction which was oh yeah which is a huge movie for a lot of those actors yeah after that he did you know the third die hard and then he did 12 monkeys and then he does fifth element and then after Fifth Element, he ends up doing Armageddon. And, like, that is, like, the yeah. sweet spot where, like, you know, you can't, Bruce Willis can do no wrong. But so is he the, was your guy. Is the, uh, yeah. is the, fifth, is the fifth Element a, a prequel to The Sixth Sense? I know. <laughs> he also did 12 Monkeys. Right. Bruce, Bruce Willis has done three movies on this podcast. Die Hard, 12 Monkeys, and now this. Well, so we got to do The Sixth Sense next. Oh, we will one day. That's a great movie. This is a good it's movie. It's been a while. I don't think yeah. I've seen that. And the other movie that he did was really good. Uh, that was M. Night Shyamalan movie. Um, Unbreakable. Unbreakable. Unbreakable is really good, yeah. It's really good. I, I haven't I've seen, seen that it in long, more recently. Long and I'm like, time. wow, this is actually did you guys see? I... Uh, did you guys see Glass? That was pretty no. good, too. Yet. Glass and um, there was another movie in that same universe. What was that movie called? That was also really good. Too, Where he had though. multiple personalities. Yes, in that it. was that was yeah. actually a really good movie. I heard, yeah, yeah. But anyways, yeah. Uh, but th- this this part of the movie, he's doing com. He's doing Han Solo shit. He's doing Harrison Ford shit, right? He's doing Kurt Russell shit. He's being handsome. He's being an everyday guy. Mm-hmm. He's using like he's just like trying to get through the day. But <laughs> yeah. like he's got a soft spot for taking care of a pretty lady. You know, sure. um, if he's going to be anybody, he's like, oh, God damn it. One more cigarette. And I'll save the day, save the world, all that stuff. He's he's doing a hell of a job. I, I like how soft spoken he is in this movie. I like how he takes out all the bad guys. I like that one scene where he's just like, I'll just take out the leader. He just walks out and <laughs> shoots the guy. <laughs> he's in like, the anyone else want to negotiate? <laughs> that was a, yeah, that's a classic uh, line right there. But I, the one one clunky scene, though, is. Whenever everybody is leaving the ship, Zorg, all right, he keeps he keeps getting screwed over. Like he gets that guy just got dealt a bad card, but like, fuck him, oh. he's, the, he's he's bad. Zorg, but, yeah, but like he keeps trying to get stuff. He's like, okay, we got a briefcase. Okay, let me see the briefcase. There's no fucking stones in the briefcase. Mm-hmm. So then he goes and he like kills all those aliens, and then he goes again later in the movie where the opera singer is and he's like, where are the stones? And they're still not there. And he's like, God damn it. So you got to do it yourself. So he grabs his BFG, goes onto the ship, right? Plants a fucking timer. But I thought it was a little clunky. That was a great How he line. dies. Like, all, like, that's how he goes out. He like, he's like, puts the chip in at the end and he like, stops it. But then those aliens that he screwed over, like had an overwrite code or something like that. Yeah, I feel like they just didn't know what to do with him after after that, you know. I don't I don't know. I guess I don't know. Off. Yeah, I don't know what else they would have done what with him after Corbin, the fact. Corbin should have killed him off in some way with with the BFG. 
Did you know? Corbin Maybe. and Zorg... Like with the flamethrower. Hold on. He, he had those did, personal did Corbin and Zorg ever even talk to each other in this movie or meet each other? No, I don't think so. Oh, that's it's interesting. I, yeah. Not at all, which, yeah, I didn't even think about until now. He, he wanted the bomb. stones for the ancient evil. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He still didn't check the case. That was his own dumbass fault. But when he plants the bomb, I, that was one of my favorite lines of the whole movie. He, goes, he said, I know this music. Let's change the beat. And then he just <laughs> presses the button on it. And, you know, yeah. he knows that shit's going down and he's just about to, you know, step things up a little bit. But yeah, he bitched about not having the stones in the case, but then he didn't check the case when he was the one getting the stones too. So it's your own dumbass fault, Zorg, for being such a nasty crime lord boss. Yeah. Like he didn't, he didn't do too much. He did, he did have a couple of good scenes where, you know, he rigged the, he rigged the guns on the guys that didn't give him the stones. With, uh, he didn't tell him about the self-destruct button essentially at the bottom of it, which was mm-hmm. right. And uh, I like the scene when he's choking. <laughs> yep, that is good. <laughs> he's like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, he, the the character's fine. It's just the way he goes out is kind of like, yeah. oh, really? You know, I, f- I don't know why I thought there was something more interesting with his death. But... I don't know because the other aliens put that other bomb there. Because they were yeah, blow like, it up it, anyways. It, well, because there was like they their were screwed over. Plan. Yeah, they're they are they're just pissed off at what um, yeah. Zorg did to them. So they're just trying to fuck him over. So he gets it back a bit, just from the other guys. You know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's it's weird. There's not much of a story after that though, because then it no. goes to uh, Egypt. They have like less than an hour, or just about an hour. They have to go to that pyramid and set it up, and then you kind of have. It's it's cool and cheesy at the same time. Like I'm not knocking this movie. I love this movie. I adore this movie. I think this movie's great. But you know, <laughs> well on the way back, that's the whole thing. Lilu is looking at the computer and she searches war, war, and, and she's using like. And I love the computer monitors are still yeah, <laughs> tube monitors like mm-hmm. CRT so monitors or something. Well, that's what know. you got. That's all you can do. <laughs> can't can't do much without so the she, tubes. She realizes that you know. She she questions like, are humans worth saving? You know, is is anything worth? Saving? She didn't learn like murder or kill or anything earlier. In well, the it's alphabet. kind of funny because yeah, she was like going through letter by letter of the alphabet, learning mm-hmm. like all the words, and she finally got to W, and it's like war. I know she didn't <laughs> see like rape. <laughs> yeah, that, any of the other bad know? stuff that uh, inhuman human blackmail can do uh, poison. Slaughter, uh, kill, yeah. kill, stab. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> stab. Yeah, you know, like horrible things. Right. <laughs> but war. The war. nuclear. The nuclear bomb was but what. Got her. Yeah. That's what gets her. Yeah. Fuck these humans. <laughs> yeah. It's not but worth it. It's a little cheesy that Corbin says, "No love, love, love. Or else love." But I do like how they solve the the four. I, I love that part, the stones thing. That I think is, that's great. Like that's super cool. I like how the idiot was his name Charlie or whatever that buffoon. Yeah, what that guy's name. He uh, priest priest little lackey there. Yeah, yeah, they're not. Yeah, the apprentice or whatever. He um, he's just like, oh, we're gonna make we're it. never gonna solve this. We're doomed or whatever. He says something, and then he blows the air, and then the thing moves. Corbin. I thought that was really cool. Was like, oh, that's clever. Yeah. He just happened to have the air one too. If he had the water one, right? They, they would have been screwed. Be dead. 
But no, that yeah. is a cool. That was a cool way of solving everything because you're like, how are they all gonna do it? And then he's got the one match. Need left. fire! Uh, come on, come on! I, I have the fire! I have the fire! It's <laughs> <laughs> uh, great. Like he goes, like Father, do you smoke? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was cool. And he almost goes out, but then he. And the CG's good. It looks good. Like I, I was, like I said, I, I like the CG in this movie. I think they did. What, pretty good job considering the era wonder, that it came out did this ever get like a 4k release i don't know what i've watched it in i'm assuming it was just regular like i think Blue it was Red, pretty 1080 yeah. something yes yeah, pretty standard hmm. and then the movie ends like she just like they fucking they save the world and, and, then, and then they're and then they're banging in the reactor she doesn't know what love That's is it. that was the cheesy line that i was like yeah roll my eyes a bit at just tell yeah, her you yeah. love her and then it's very it's very abrupt I love you, save the world, and then that's it. And then they're and they're banging. Sexy time in the cloning yep. chamber. <laughs> Which I didn't mind that part. I just thought it was kind of lame that we had to see the two. Like it's like it was in their contract that like you need to see us with like in an intimate scene right. together. Well, that's so the they, closure. They show that, and but but then they like freeze frame it, and it's such just, a '90s you thing. You gotta get the, the girl. Frame. The guy's gotta get the girl at the end, so you know it's you true. gotta have it. Yeah, you gotta. It's gotta be a romantic interest. Yeah, right. Exactly. Exactly. And it's funny because I'm I'm seeing people on um, social media trying to ship the uh, Mandalorian with Bo Katan. Just because he's male, because she's female, and they're both Mandalorians, and mm-hmm. like they're single, apparently, like they should date. And I'm like, they gotta repopulate like, the. Can race. a man and a woman just be <sighs> badass and just do cool shit together and mm-hmm. not have to fucking no. bone all the time? You know, it's, but there always like has doing to be it with some, your helmet on. There always has to be some sexual <laughs> tension there, you know. Yeah, between a man. She's and always what was she in Starbuck? That's what I always see whenever I see her. I see her from uh, Battlestar Galactica. Like back in the day, she was Starbuck. Who? Not, uh, Bo-Katan. Oh. Brandon and I are both just staring at them. Come on now, you guys got <laughs> you guys got to watch that show. Uh, I, don't, I don't know if it ended as well as it was, but that was a that was a good one back in the day. Okay, I'll take your word for it. I'll have to, I'll have to uh. send you a, a, something of that. I do have one thing that I did want to touch on because we didn't get to it, but. I mean, we mentioned a couple of the songs, but like the music in this movie is, I mean, between it's like fun. the space, space like bebop stuff, and then the like opera hip hop that comes in there, and then you've got like the standard music, but like there was a chase scene in the middle of it that had like an Indian tune, like in the middle that of the movie. That song is awesome. Mm. That song is great. But it's just like. Everything from every single direction was kind of in this soundtrack. I've actually got it lined up in Spotify to listen to next, but it's kind of it did have a, nice. a smattering, a lot of different stuff in it. I yeah, I like that scene too. I thought that was it was just like a cool chase scene from the cops and stuff like that. But like, why like, why Indian music? Out of I don't know. That was just no. a weird, just like out of nowhere. Beep. Yeah, that one was fine. Um, I'm trying. I'm, yeah, the sound it was. I watched this movie with headphones, mm-hmm. and uh, there's one scene that was very interesting. It's like they forgot to turn microphones on or something like that. So, if you wear headphones and you go to when the priest Cornelius goes to meet the president for the first time to warn him mm-hmm. about the ancient evil and the importance of the fifth element, he's like in the other end of the room, 
and you can it's like it's like the camera they use the camera microphone instead of somebody with a boom mic or some kind of mic to right. capture the proper sound hmm. because it's very echoey and like and then as he gets closer to the camera he becomes more clear Oh, that's cool. And I'm like, did Maybe it was an artistic sound choice. Yeah. That, well, this movie is very artistic in general with the way they handle the pro- the production. Like, it's a very creative movie. So I don't know, but I noticed a couple times, just a couple, where the audio was like that. But that scene specifically in the beginning of the movie, when hmm. the priest talks to the uh, president, just listen to the audio. And I'm like, somebody fucked up. They didn't have the, <laughs> they didn't record the audio or something like that. I have a different theory to offer you, sir. Yeah, 20 seconds. Imagine for a moment that this thing is not anything that can be identified because it prefers not to be. Wherever there is life, it brings death. Because it is evil, absolute evil. One more reason to shoot first. Evil begets evil, Mr. President. Shooting will only make it. I feel like that had to be on purpose, unless I know it's some lazy editing. I don't know. Like, how no. do they not catch that? I don't know. I don't. I don't know if we'll ever know. We'll so, know. French sci-fi though—that's like a—it's a weird combination. You never know. There's not a lot like this, and there's—I don't think there's going to be a lot like this. I'm—I'm kind of surprised that it never got picked up for anything else. But the fact that it is so unique and. So I don't know. I don't want to say so French. Didn't, uh, didn't George Lucas take inspiration from like a French comic book too, or something? Yeah, there's a lot of Star Wars stuff that got stolen from some comics. Yeah, so but maybe the maybe the French are onto something over there with their sci-fi comic books. Hmm. I'll have to dig in. <laughs> okay. Well, we talked a lot about the Fifth Element. It was cool going back and picking. I'll say a random movie like this, but um, again, you know, just we like Bruce Willis and it's a shame that he's dealing with what he has. And uh, it's just cool to pick another movie of his. And this is probably one that, yeah, Pulp Fiction, Sixth Sense, Die Hard. Like there's great movies that he's been in. You know, please. There's also this. I just uh, just discovered during our first break. Full name is Walter Bruce Willis. Oh, that's right. Walter Pay Willis. respects to Walter Willis. I don't know if he wants you to know him as Walter. He probably, probably changed for a reason. Hey, I changed it for a reason. Um, he, my, he went through that. That's your first. He went through that creepy mustache phase for a little while in like the late nineties. It was like the Hudson Hawk movies or whatever. Where he just was like straight mustache. Maybe it was Walter then. You pull it off. Yeah, maybe it's it Walter. Walter you can pull off a Walter with a mustache, but. He started oh. shaving the head again. That's when he went back to Bruce, I think. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Well, let's let's wrap it up. <laughs> that was the fifth element. It was, it was a fun Sweet. talk. And and then when we come back, I want to do. We haven't done it in a while. I want to do movie twenty questions. Let's do it. When we get back.
Alright, we are back for one of my favorite games, Movie 20 Questions. If you're new to this game, it's pretty simple. Dave and Eric are going to ask 20 questions, technically 19 and a guess. They can guess anytime they want, but once they make that guess of what movie they think I've picked, they get it wrong, they're out. Calling it 10 questions All they can do is just, all I can say is yes or no. So... Uh, let's go. It's my goal. Start? Ten All questions right. or less this time. Fire off, Eric. You can have the All first. All right. Was this movie made before the year 2000? Yes. Okay. Uh, are any of the cast of the fifth element in this movie? <laughs> Yes. <laughs> uh, I, I wrote that question down because track. I thought of it while I was taking a leak in between takes, and I was like, this is a good one. I mean, it's probably Bruce Willis, right? Uh, Yeah, if it's before 2000 and it's Mila, it's not going to be Mila. It's probably, I mean, it could be Chris Tucker. I mean, it could be the Resident Evil movie. Although that was, I think that was like in the year 2000 or something. I mean... Friday has both Chris Tucker and the president in it. That's true. Oh, uh, was this movie uh, filmed uh, after 1990? 2002. Yes. So 90s, 90s jam. Yeah. Actor from the fifth element. Got it. Let's get this in under five. Bruce Willis movie, right? I mean, you can I, you could I feel do. like I have to ask it. Yeah, is Bruce Willis in this movie? Yes. Okay. Nineties <laughs> Bruce Willis movies. I mean, we we, just, we talked about them. His, yeah, yeah, it's the it's the heyday. So yep, we've got a couple diehards. We've got Pulp Fiction. We've got like Hudson Hawk. Was, was the Sixth Sense in the nineties? It's had to be right. I believe it was ninety. Towards the end, maybe. It's definitely yeah, in the nineties, late nineties. Um, well, it's probably not the. F- it's probably not the Fifth Element, if or if the. It's probably not Sixth Sense if Brandon's giving us hints. Um, <laughs> I should look at the number specifically of what year this movie came out, so that because I know you guys are gonna be very specific here. Um, is this movie the? First of, well, is this movie part of a franchise? There you go. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. It's probably a diehard. <laughs> diehard two and three. Uh, two and three, funny. okay. Uh, I think with a vengeance it was like ninety five or something like that. Because it's not twelve monkeys. Not Pulp Fiction. It's not part of a franchise. Yeah, it's not six. Six cents. Not none of those are part of a franchise. Apparently, you haven't seen enough movies. Although, because some of those movies, have... I mean, we talked about Unbreakable, but I don't. That might have came out. The Unbreakable is two thousand. It's got to be okay. Yeah, if it was very early two thousands, if it was because yeah, Shyamalan had Six Sense first, and then Unbreakable. So right. So yeah, it was, yeah, probably right after that. Um, it's got to be a Die Hard, right? Yeah, just yeah, you can narrow it down here. Was it the the second movie in the franchise? No. Okay. 
I mean, we got so many to kill here. Um, but we want to get it under 10. Okay, hold on. We're at six right now. I mean, we could ask Samuel Jackson's in with a vengeance. We could pin it down that way. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what else it really could be besides that. I mean, it's a franchise with Bruce Willis. I feel like there's in the 90s. Yeah. It's, it's got to be. Is uh, Yeah, sure. Is Samuel Jackson in this movie? Yes. Okay. <laughs> there we go. All right, good. We made it a quick game. We got it in. Got what? What did you get? I don't know. I don't know. We still have to guess. Seven. That's seven questions. So, do we want to make a hundred percent sure? Is this is this movie in the in the Die Hard franchise? Yes. Okay. We got to make sure we get this title right, or else we might get caught on a technicality here. Is it? We'll see what you say. I think it's Die Hard with a Vengeance. It's not Die Hard 3 colon with a vengeance. Correct. It is Die Hard with a vengeance. Okay. Congratulations. There we go. Called it. 1995. Directed by John McTiernan, who also directed the first movie. Oh, nice. Uh, It's good. And Last Action Hero, which we also did on the show. Yes, which which, which is awesome Mm because it feels like a Die Hard Parody. Uh, parody. And mm-hmm. it is totally. That one, well, the third cool. one, I think the third one's the, I don't know, it's the second best Die Hard movie. Uh, it goes like one, yeah. three, two, and then yeah. the and rest. And the rest are meh. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That, was a, that was a fantastic one, though. I loved that third one. Yeah. Yep. Still gotta oh, watch good pick. You guys figured it out. I didn't think you would get it. As quick, I knew you would get it. I was rooting for you guys, but I was, I thought like maybe because I'm picking the third one in, I might throw them off because there's so many movies. But I guess I should have paid attention that it's the only franchise really in the '90s that he did. So you got me. So okay, uh, that is it for the rest of the episode. If people want to follow us, get a hold of us, join our Discord. How can they do that, Eric? Uh, well, I'm glad you asked if you want to follow us at, on social media, on Twitter, at Nomads of Fantasy, Instagram, at Nomads of Fantasy, also TikTok at The Nomads of Fantasy. You can go to our YouTube channel for some YouTube videos. We got audio versions or of the podcast up there and also some video versions. We're starting to do video versions of the catch-up episodes, so those are going up there as well. Um... What else do we got? Oh, that's youtube.com slash at Nomads of Fantasy. You can join our Discord, the Nomads of Fantasy.com slash Discord if you want to hop in there, chat with us. I haven't uh, said it in a while, but you can email us oh. at Nomads of Fantasy at gmail.com. We never get emails, that's so for I would the love. Old people. Yeah, I would love if someone uh, emailed in question, comment, suggestion, anything like that. Those are always fun. Um, but yeah, I think that's about it. Got anything else before we get out of here? I'm good. Multipass. I got my multipass, yes. Multipass, yes. Oh, play our game. Whatmapgame.com. Bing, bing. If you like guessing video game maps. And make sure you watch Cyberpunk Edge Runners to catch up, you know, to uh, follow along with us next week because 
That's going to be a fun one. <laughs> I'm really That's excited to rewatch that. Watch it once. Can't wait to rewatch it. So, well, no, there's nothing else. As always, safe travels, nomads. Last call for Flossed and Paradise. Oh, no.